Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Neil Haley Show here on the Total Celebrity Segment. I'm excited to welcome the program, Peter Macon of Oroville. Peter, how are you? You doing good, man? I'm surviving. I'm surviving. Uh, am, I, am I still good? Are yeah, like, are you're good? absolutely doing well. I'm just saying you're surviving. So how are you surviving the pandemic? Surviving to the best of your ability? No, I mean, we're living. You know, like, I, I, this. oddly enough, this is... Uh, providing us with time to read those books, do those DIY projects, spend time teaching my sons how to swim, things that I wouldn't have time to do. And it's like a time of deep personal reflection, like deep, like what am I doing with my life kind of thing, you know, like, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at the time. I've, I, it provides a lot of time, but then there's like a lot of time to just troll. <laughs> <laughs> to political websites uh just too much time on my hands to uh you know to to stay out of trouble so no it's good i i i i am i'm enjoying the time to to just spend time with my family um and like learn new skills like cooking classes okay. and you know, so I try to see the silver lining in it and not drink too much <laughs> so like it's 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 cool. Where are you? Where are you located, um, Peter? Yeah. Where are you located? Uh, we are in uh, Woodland Hills, like uh, Los Angeles, like suburbs north north of Los Angeles. Okay. okay. And uh, you know, like so, you know, there are things that have popped up, like and there was an earthquake or two that we felt. My wife and I were sitting on the balcony at our house and just like, what? I thought someone was on the roof. It's like nope, the house is shaking because look at the pool and everything. But um, then the fires, um, of course, COVID. Uh, yeah, you know, my mother lives with us too, so she's okay. seventy, seventy-eight. You know, so we got a we got a little got a little village going on over here. Um, but yeah, but you know, we just you know we take care of each other and um, you know try to use the time as as as, as best we can. Um, get rid of the COVID baby that we, you know, it's growing on my, you know, like the, the exercise somehow another somehow slipped off the, uh, the radar. <laughs> I think it did for so many people and I'm waiting to, and it depends on the area of the country you're in and taking chances and like, you know, how much do you want to take that chance and roll the dice that it'll be you right. that gets COVID. Yeah, you know no, what I mean, I that's know. the, that's the problem. A lot of people are doing that. And that's yeah. scary. And, I'd rather I mean, just, it's some scary. Like you're just gambling with your life and like, uh, well, I, you know, some yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But I can't really afford to do that because, as I said, my mother lives with us and, you know, she's older. And I feel bad for her because she hasn't really yeah. left the house and taken to some doctor's appointments. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think that, again, like I said, it's like a time for, for, for some deep personal reflection. Um, and then when we do go do something, like we went to the beach the other day. Oh, wow. Um, we, try to go, we try to go on, like, really off days when they think, you think that nobody's going to be there, but people are there. And we like, you know, trying to, you know, put a mask on a two-year-old is like trying to put a dress on a piglet. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, we're dealing, you know, we're not in a one-bedroom apartment like we used to live in, um, you know, with no AC. Oh, goodness. You know, so. So, now, is your mom one of your biggest fans as an actor? She like the one that's really supporting no, you? Through it? My mom is the person who, who, the reason why I don't have stage fright is because of my mom. And that was from uh, second grade. The first play I ever did was uh, Alice in Wonderland. And I played the, 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 the rabbit. Okay. And then she, uh, she made the costumes. Like she always made my costumes in like, it was second and third grade, so not always, but. And then, uh, you know, it was like one of those assembly things where like the, they, the basketball hoops go up, mm -hmm. you know. And, um, and I was like, and all my friends were sitting there, all my friends. You know, people, my classmates, people I was going to school with, and she, I was like, I don't want to do it now, because um, I was very dedicated about rehearsing it and doing it. And then I got there, and um, and I was like, I don't want to do it. And she's like, You want to get choked? I showed that costume for you to get up there and do it. So, yeah, I mean, she, my mom, has seen, which is kind of cool. I've never actually thought about it, but she's seen everything that I've done, like plays, um, you know television shows movies whatever so i but but then my mom is like a jedi she's super quiet so like there was an episode of the orville where bordis gets addicted to porn and what's porn in like you know the 500 years from now 400 years from now is yeah completely different i i i hear but he you know he gets addicted to like this but it, but that's the show, right? Because yeah, it's not just it's not just a comedy comic thing that he's happening to him. It's actually deeply rooted in like a family, like a dysfunction in his relationship. Are you there? Yeah, I'm listening. And um, and so, but I watched that episode with my mom, and I've never felt more 13 years old in my life because she didn't. We just she kind of sat behind me, and I was sitting on the floor, and she just didn't say anything. <laughs> she just was quiet, and I'm like. Oh man, I feel like I'm 13 years old again. But yeah, she's a, she's a fan, you know. She she actually encouraged me to do. She said, you know, just whatever you're gonna do, just do it well. And so she never pushed me in a particular direction, um, whether like artistic or just anything. She's like, as long as you whatever you do, just do it well, um, and do it to the best of your ability. And so yeah, I guess I would call it a fan. Yeah, and you've had a lot of other acting experiences not just the Orville, but the Orville has been the one that, Hey, this is where the fan base is. And you're really one of those people on the show. So what did you think about it when you were auditioning saying, I'm going to be part of this thing at the Orville? I didn't know that I was going to be part of it. I just wanted to be a part of it, you know? So, um, it was just a matter of like, let me just think if I can bring something, I don't know what, cause I, apparently they, they saw like a hundred people, you know, from, New York, uh, LA, London, Chicago, um, 
And so I didn't know that. And I'm glad that I didn't know that because um, it was just me trying to get this job. But like, um, I, I, yeah, I had no real way of knowing how much this would catch on, but it's Seth MacFarlane. So yeah, you know, you figure he, he kind of knows what he's doing. Um, <laughs> so uh, it was great to, to, to actually get the call to, that I would, you know, was going to be on board with them. Um, but you know, but this, with the, uh, with the material, I'm like, oh, this is good because it's, it's comedy. It's dramatic. Right. And then like, you know, you hit like the, the character description was like, uh, Mocklins look like, uh, like boulders, you know, like yeah. rocks, like, like lava rocks <laughs> walking around. So my only reference really was like the thing and, uh, Sam, the Eagle from the Muppets, you know what I mean? So it was like, huh, that's it. So I, I, I kind of got my Sam the Eagle on, you know, like I was like, this guy's, he's very serious. And, and then that it's comedy. What's funny is only if he, if only if the character takes themselves so serious, like right. is himself very serious and he just, he's not really self-conscious and that's what makes it funny. And so it's really fun to be inside of that um dry you know matter of fact and then the prosthetics like it's a gift because the prosthetics you know like uh, say hello to my friend oh (laughs) so my friend um there's very limited range of motion because of the prosthetics so you know i don't know like you remember like you 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 you, old old like 70s tv shows where someone would get into a car accident and they got whiplash Yes. They had the, the donut on their neck and they go into court, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Yeah. And then they have to yeah. like, they have to like turn like this, you know, like, oh, yeah. okay. That's, that's essentially what I have going on uh, with the limit range. So like I draw from that even like, oh, right. that's funny. Like the big donut on the neck. I'm going to sue you. I have, I, I have whiplash. <laughs> but, um, and so all that like makes for like this great like place of where I get to live you know, inside the character. And it right. informs, like, the character, like, it, it informs Bordas's his posture, sense of humor. Like, the fact that he can't really, he's not that, you know, he can move when he has to. Right. But, you know, he, he's very stiff. And I think that, that when he's stiff, that informs how he views, how he walks through the world. So it's fun. It's fun. I can't wait to go back. And how, how did, uh, I mean, how's that changed your life, this role? having this role, especially with this fan base and just how things change for you in a way of having working where it's continued work. I mean, it's been how many seasons so far, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it's a, it was a life, it was a life changing job. I mean, I, um, four years ago I was almost homeless. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I was, I like, I moved, well, it was five years ago, tw- like maybe six, six years ago, 2014, I moved back to LA and, um, you know, the, uh, the, uh, temporary living situation that I had secured was ending and in two days and I had no job and I was completely out of money and I'm like wow I'm gonna I'm gonna have to live in my car okay okay I can do that and then I booked this other job um for this this pilot that didn't really go anywhere um called High Moon um which was great it was about like uh, this 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 I was playing the general on this on this base on the moon Oh wow! And uh, you know, it didn't go any, but but I went from 
almost living in my car to a five-star hotel in two days. So it's the actor's life. It's, it's crazy. So, and then three years ago, uh, my wife and I lived in a one-bedroom apartment, you know, and uh, we only had one child. <laughs> so, it, you know, this job, it, it, you know, like as I said, I, it's afforded me a lot of, you know, I can take care of my family in a different way. Exactly. And artistically, um, it's kind of like doing a long-running play. Like I've done a lot of work up at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival and Shakespeare festivals around the country, and then a lot of regional theater, a little bit of Broadway, but like mostly regional theater. And like the difference between doing a play for, say, like I did a production of uh, the Scottish play. I've been in that, you know, when I say the Scottish play, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Like, I don't want to say it because this is yeah. technically the theater that yeah. we have. So I don't want to, like, you know, and I'm exactly. suspicious about that stuff. Um, and, uh, but I, I've been in that play seven times and I've played the dude twice. And like this last time, um, I we, we did 150 performances of that play, which if you know that play, it's, it's, it's a monster. Mm. And so it's like the long, so, but character development and long running yeah. um, so, and, and being able to, and, and here's the thing, like being able to uh, create this thing. I, I made, I made this. And right. like, so I don't really, I, I made this, this character, like Seth made the character, but like I've been living in it and, yes. you know, kind of, you know, three dimensionalizing him and, and getting it out. Um, and so then every other person that comes on the show that is uh Mocklin, they're like, oh, I, I went and I looked at all of the, all of your scenes. I'm like, that makes me feel weird, but <laughs> cool. Um, so it's 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 really great to be able to, in TV, like to be, you know, yeah, to do character work for a long time because there's lots of things that just pop up, you know, that you question. So, you know, for instance, like Jaloja, like this act of urinating once a year. I'm like, well, what happens if it, what happens if he doesn't do it? I'm like, well, I think that he would die. I think he would asphyxiate on his own inner fluids and he would just, you know, so that's why he it has to. And so when you, as an actor, when you load the stakes like that, um, that, you know, it's a life or death kind of thing. And even though it's a completely, you know, absurd notion, it, it, it marries comedy and drama. So then it makes it even funnier but it makes it like, it makes it not just like this silly idea. It's like, so how do you inhabit like these, these crazy ideas where you have to three-dimensionalize them, they have to, the stakes have to be raised. Um, and then every time we're on, on, the, on the bridge and there's a space battle in the back of Bordas's mind he, is the fact that his child and his mate are on the ship too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yes. the, all of that. I have yeah. to watch the show, so you, it's. I'm going to be getting this out to your fans. But what I heard from Garrett Wong is that he started watching it, and he just reminds him of Star Trek, and he loves it. He loves the yeah. show. He's a the, fan. The, the original, like the the yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, a, there's yeah. A, a very simple. I, I feel like that the simple, the composition of like the, each frame or like the frame is of it's it's modeled. Not after, but it's in this. In this, it's a, it's a similar composition for for uh, you know, like the, as the old series or the original series. You know, things. It's not things are clean. Yeah. Um, 
and it's more about the relationships between people on the ship as they and and it's a it's a it's a science vessel so you know like we come across all kinds of weird stuff you know what i mean um and uh okay remember i said i was doing this okay it's okay (laughs) often yes it's good to see family like this because i love it because that's part of the whole pandemic is very interesting when I interviewed Tom Arnold a couple weeks ago, his kid jumped in. Yeah. So yeah. It's, a, it's the new thing with the Zoom on that. Yeah. So let's there, talk about which has come from there. Garrett's a huge fan of yours and of the show. And so it's great to see other Trek. Uh, he's a Trekkie too. So not yeah. just not just he worked, he played in Star Trek. He's a Trekkie. So he's a huge right. space guy. So you and yeah. Garrett will hit it off huge in the event on Wednesday night. Uh, yeah. So this panel, Garrett just jumped into the panel, and yeah. you're with Tim Russ. So tell us a little bit about that and what it'll be about. About the the, the panel. panel, yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, it's, it'll be like um, an, hold on a second. Uh, an interesting. I've never. I mean, when you have like these Zoom chats, because that's what we're doing, right? Like, yeah. In this culture, but like to have it specifically themed um, or couched within a specific conversation about race and politics yeah. and I think there's so much room to, uh, to, to, to explore that, you know, and I'm really excited and curious as to see what, what's going to come out of it, um, you know, with our various backgrounds and experiences and, um, you know, stay tuned. I'm, I'm just as excited as, 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 you know, a fan would be, I suppose. I'm, I'm participate. Yeah, absolutely. Where it goes. I have no idea. I have no idea what you, and I love, I love that. I love when I like can't um, put my expectations or my my you know my yeah over what it's going to be. You know, like I I I'm, I don't know. We'll see. Like I'm excited. I know that much. <laughs> Are you a Star Trek Voyager fan? Because again, you're joining the Orville, joining Star Trek Voyager. No, no, I'm not. You never no. watched it. No. Of course, I watched it, but no, I wasn't. I'm not like let's say a fan. Like, and I tell you why is because my dad uh, monopolized the TV, and like he was a huge Trekkie, oh. and uh, and so like when he watched that show, I'm like, ah oh, man, that can't do anything, you know? Like he's taking every, he's taking control of the TV. But you know, I was a, a big like Robotech Space Nine, um, uh old school like science fiction fan. Um, so. Um, you know, it'll be, and, and and so I don't I don't come at it from like this 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 fandom right. place, you know. So um, right. there may be questions I can't answer when I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. And, you know, in season two of Star Trek, uh, like, <laughs> I, I I might not be a but, but what I what I know is I am available. What I am available like- for is um, you know, this is a different show, and like exactly. making like this show. Um, as important uh, and as you know, qualifying it um, to, on the level of you know, I'd love to see. I'd love to do four seasons like they did, and then have the show run for sixty years. Do you know what I mean? I like, mean, they, they think it will with the yeah, feedback. I so I hope so for you, and especially a difference. And then it just adds to you're part of that whole space uh, family. And that yeah, yeah. was bringing up, and that's going to be interesting. You guys all three connecting, because again, 
Uh, Tim is very interesting as well. And I, do you know Tim at all? Have you met Tim? Yeah, no, he came on and he did a, I don't know him personally, personally, but like I met him, he came on and he did an episode of, of, of the Orville with us. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, like, um, you know, I said to him, I was like, this is, this is great. You know, like just in terms of like the panel and like race and science fiction, it's like, I stand on these guys' shoulders. You know what I mean? Like the, uh, you know, like they, you know, they, and I've met a bunch of them, you know, like uh, uh, Nichelle Nichols. I met her and she was amazing. You know, I met her at a convention. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I met a bunch of people and, and just to be able to to tell them thank you for their work and, and that, you know, I'm here because of you kind of thing. You know, they were pioneers. So I when I think of the show, I don't think of it as like um, a spoof or anything. I think of it as like, being you know like the olympic torch being passed exactly you know, and i'm like the runner you know so it'll be great to to be able to chat with him um all right like, so 7 p.m eastern wednesday uh yeah. in, tomorrow uh tomorrow. You know, tomorrow at 7 p.m and it's on your social media as well i think it's on tim's social media and garrett's uh the information of how to connect to the event yeah. at seven o'clock so your instagram what's your instagram to follow you? Yeah, it's just my name, Peter Gerard Megan. Oh, that's yeah. it. Okay. That's simple. Okay. Well, that's I appreciate you stopping cool. by. We can't wait to the next season catch up on the Orville. And uh, yes. we got to see your life at home during the I pandemic. Know. The and man so, behind the mask. With came the behind beard. the mask. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't get any of this out because that's what's happening. But I will get that one part out. But yeah. definitely connect with them there. And I appreciate you coming by. All right. Thank you, man. All right. Take care. Appreciate. Bye-bye. Okay, You're watching the Neil Haley Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. We're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Caregiver Dave Celebrity Segment. And I'm excited looking to welcome to the program Caregiver Dave. Dave, how are you? You know, it's very interesting. Awesome. We have a lot of chemistry for this guest, and I'm excited. But you're the Trekkie. Star Trek, I've, we've kind of uh, really reached an area. Always we're reaching areas of some of your favorite stars of different shows, don't we? Yes, yes. And I love Star Trek. And I was just telling him in the beginning, you know, it was just the original that I loved. And then the new ones would come out and I don't know about this Picard guy. And then I watched him and I was hooked. And then the next one, you know, and all that stuff. But we have an actor with us, Garrett Wang, and you will know him from the Voyager Star Trek series. Ensign Harry Kim, right? Correct. Correct. It's so funny. Because right. Ensign is a lot is a, is a more obscure naval ranking term. So some people go ensign. I go, no, it's not ensign. <laughs> I'm not a sign on the street, you know. Uh, and also just to quickly clarify, I know it's, it's spelled W-A-N-G, but it's pronounced like an O. So Wong. it is Garrett Wong. Yes, sir. That is the correct oh, pronunciation. That's more Asian. So, yeah, well, that's the way you'd say it in China. And uh, uh, Vera, Vera Wang, the designer, is incorrectly pronouncing her name. So I'm uh-huh. still waiting for the day that I come across her and I can shake her up. You will one day. Yes. I love your background, by the way. <laughs> See, you. I would have messed that up, so thank Dave. goodness Dave did. Now yeah. let's go ahead and go to the first question. Now, so Delian, Dave can get be allowed because, again, he was talking about he just had surgery a week ago. So he's still getting over surgery. Oh, uh, yeah, so, yeah. You yeah. see my, my leg Dave. is right, right up here by the screen and it's, yeah. it's got to be elevated. What did you have done, sir? What, what well, you... I am a biker. So I, I go on a bicycle. I go to Mexico twice a year, Ensenada to Rosarita Beach, 51 miles through the mountains. And so I'm practicing uh, on one of those off trips. And this lady pulls right in front of me when I'm about 10 oh. feet in front of her. I slam into her fender. I go flying through the air, oh. body slam her windshield, crack it, bounce onto the asphalt. Oh. 
the ER tells me it's not fractured. It's just a sprain. So I says, he said, but you should go see your orthopedic surgeon. But, you know, who wants a, a broken ankle? I believe you. I don't need to see him. Well, 30 days later, I go see him because it won't stop hurting. And oh, he says, man. well, look at the same picture. He says, I see a fracture. Oh my! So wow. Now seven years later, uh, it's arthritis has destroyed it. So I, he needed to reconstruct it, do some fusion. But see, if wow. this was the time of Star Trek, they could just point that little machine at it. Yeah. Boom! All done. <laughs> they just wave it along your Will leg. Will that ever it. happen? I would love Will for it? that to happen. I, as you can see, Jim, you're a sci-fi guy, right? Yeah. Look at the oh. scar here. I oh, just yeah, I had a that. surgery. Yeah, I had surgery May seventh. They go in through your neck to do spinal surgery. That's how they. Wow. Do. Oh, it's, yeah, so it's how did you have back problems? Uh, yeah, I just I had a really bad fall on uh, my, oh. my my disc between my C five and C six vertebrae. That was so enlarged that it was pushing against the spinal fluid oh, and the spinal gosh. cord. It reduced mobility in my knees. My hands were numb. It was just bad. So you're I lucky it was a successful surgery. A lot of them yes. Are. Yes, that's true. And, that's true. Uh, it wasn't a worker's comp uh, work-related, right? No, it wasn't. No, <laughs> dead gummit. Well, glad you're doing good. So both how good are you that. surviving the pandemic? Yeah, well, you know, honestly, the, this, it's been, uh, you know, it's been a tough process for myself as well, but thank God I've been able to distract myself with my own podcast, um, the Delta flyers, which launched, uh, May 4th of this year. I do that wow. along with uh, Robbie McNeil, one of my co-stars on Voyager and we review every single Voyager episode and we, we have special guests and we've been having a blast. Never thought you'd bring up podcasts, right? If you're too busy at conventions all the time and acting, there would be no time for a podcast, right? Yeah, but I'll tell you, though, the the crazy thing, Neil, is that um, in just ordering equipment alone, because of the pandemic, everything was backordered, out of stock. It was just sitting here going, really? That ring light's gone? Really? That microphone's gone? It's like, oh, so... green screens. I mean, this is the time for any company that is making microphones, green screens, uh, uh, ring lights to just make a windfall right now. Everyone's doing it. I wonder after the pandemic, how many will stick to it? I could tell you out of a bunch of people that started radio shows with me 10 years ago, a lot of them are not around. They didn't. Oh, I'm sure. They didn't. And that was the days of the internet radio and then the independent radio. Now yeah. it's going radio show to podcast. I like it because it just gives you another way of, of transforming the show in other areas. But it's just, when I heard the word podcast a couple of years ago, yeah. it, it stung like, oh, you're just doing a podcast. <laughs> now it's become cool. And I'm it glad. Cool. I'm glad because I love the industry and I think it's great video or audio. It's a great thing. Mm. All right, Dave, first question for Garrett. Can you just review for me? Um, can you just review for me? the sequence of Star Trek because, uh, you know, I, I can't keep track of them anymore with all yeah. of the different series and then sure. with the movies come out. So sure. I'm sure you've got them in order, right? The yeah, first yeah. one. Sure. What do they call the well, original one? Well, it, they just say the original series, the original TOS. Series. TOS okay. is the abbreviation. They always try wow. to abbreviate to three letters, <laughs> right? Um, when TOS ended, of course, there was a huge gap in time because we're talking about 1966 sure. to 68, and then nothing came out until the mid-80s when wow. Next Generation, which is referred to as TNG for the Next Generation, generation. Patrick Stewart was the captain on that one. Um, and during the run of TNG, uh, producers kind of branched off and said, let's do another Star Trek, and let's call it 
Star Trek Deep Space Nine. So that's abbreviated as DS9. That is with the first black captain. That's uh, uh, Captain Cisco. So we have that show. And it it's takes place on a space station. So it's, it's a little different in that all the other Star Trek series, there's always a ship and we're going out, we're exploring, we're, we're, we're doing all kinds of things. And this one's set To boldly go where no man has gone before. Right. And DS9 is like to boldly go nowhere else except for the space <laughs> station. Is, you know. But still, it's a good show. I do like DS9. Picard was the second one, right? Picard, no, uh, TNG is the second one, the next generation. Okay. So, okay, right. so it goes the original series, next generation, DS9 with Captain Sisko, then Voyager, which replaced next generation when it ended. And it was running the same time as the end of T- uh, DS9. Uh, Voyager's with Captain, um, I almost said Captain Mulgrew, Captain, uh, <laughs> Captain Janeway played by Kate Mulgrew. And that's the one I was on. I like that one. Yes, I played the operations and communications officer on the ship. And I always tell people, uh, from the original series, we do have a communications officer, Uhura, but no operations officer. From Next Generation, we have no op- uh, no communications officer, but we do have an operations officer played by Data, the character Data. So yeah. I always say Ensign Kim being OpsCom is the love child of Data and Uhura. So that's how you <laughs> Oh, <laughs> drama. Yes, drama. After so, my show ended, there was Enterprise with Scott Bakula as the captain, oh which God. is actually like a prequel. It takes place before the era of Captain Kirk. So it really, uh, even though yeah, I was the young guy. The visual effects of Enterprise in 2004, uh, 2001 to 2005 were much better than the original series in 1966. Sure. Supposed to take place before Kirk. And after Enterprise ended, uh, right now we have a just, oh my gosh, we have a smorgasbord of choices. We have Picard, <laughs> Star Trek Picard with... Uh, a, Again, Patrick Stewart doing his role as Picard. We have Star Trek Discovery, which is another prequel that takes place before the original series. Um, and then um, we have we have Lower Decks, an animated Star Trek, which is out right now. So, And there's plans to have a, a spinoff of a Captain Pike Star Trek series. So there may be five series happening at the same time. So, And Gene Roddenberry makes money on all of this stuff? Gene Roddenberry's son makes money on all this his stuff. Son, Gene Roddenberry yeah. has passed away. Rest but his soul. Rest his rest his soul. He's making yes. money, right? He's making money for his his, yes. his family and everybody yes, else. Yes, yes. The yeah. Roddenberry and, the Roddenberry lineage is 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 going. And to hopefully be those heirs him. understand what it's like to earn money and not just have it handed you on a silver <laughs> platter and mess up your lives on drugs. I think his son knows the value of it. Oh, his grandson, who is yeah. currently, I think, five years old, he may not know exactly what's happening. Not on the third generation, they always know. Yeah. There, there's, yeah, those, <laughs> are the, those are the guys that don't really care so much. They're like, yeah, yeah, I'm loaded. What, what of it? You know? <laughs> I'm a fan of Star Trek before auditioning. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, that is a misconception of many people. They think that every Star Trek actor is a huge fan of the genre. That is incorrect. Only about 10% of all Star Trek actors are really sci-fi fans, including myself. I'm definitely a huge sci-fi fan. Do you become, do you all become sci-fi fans and Trekkies? Uh, I think, yeah, I think the, the other 90% do fall in line. Yeah, to yeah. a point. For sure. <laughs> um, but then, um, you know, there's some that it's just a job for them, right? It's just a job. They did it. They're done with it. It's, it's not something they would do on their spare time. But for me, my first sci-fi was 1977 Star Wars in the theater. I was uh, eight, eight oh, wow. years old. And it was, to me, it was life-changing. I, I fell in love with sci-fi because of Star Wars. Star Wars, um, I fell in love with sci-fi as well. Yeah, the Trekkie. I've liked the Trekkie movies, yeah. some of them, but I don't know why. I get. Yeah. I think it's probably the. I as I said, more intelligence is the Star Trek. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Star Wars is more of the battles and the fights. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, the analogy has always been, if you're talking about a painter, broad brush strokes, Star Wars, detailed painting lines, small lines, Star Trek, <laughs> you know, sort of thing. I probably would like it now yeah, more cool. binge watching than I would then. And that's so great that all your shows continue to be aired in other ways, but also binge watching. Did you think oh, yeah. when you auditioned, cause again, this is another Star Trek version that you would last this many seasons and have the success you had. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I'd always heard that um, the only, the only constant in Hollywood is, is change or that there is no constant, but if there is something that's always going to be, you know, there it's Star it's Star Trek is always the one thing that people say that you know you're not going to be canceled after the first season you're gonna you're gonna go you're gonna go on and on and on and on and on. So you know, the, people say that uh, writers like Jules Verne uh, almost changed, and maybe they actually did change the direction of governments to go out and have a space program. Do you think Star Trek uh, had any influence on our space program? Uh, I, I definitely yeah. think it had some influence on it. I mean, if you look at all the influences Star Trek has had in terms of our daily lives, remember the first Motorola flip phone that was originally <laughs> the communicator from the original series, right? Yeah. Um, and let's talk about Dick Tracy, you know, and his uh, phone. No, yeah, into, exactly. He had his watch, right? Um, I had read somewhere that uh, a medical school was using a holographic type of um, a surgery that was recorded uh, on all from all different cameras so that medical students could literally stand in different positions and see all angles of surgery. And I thought, wow, my granddaughter just had a 3d um, picture of her baby. So it's an ultrasound and you can actually see, Oh my God, every angle. Yeah. It's 3d (laughs) baby. And it it looks like a picture like in the dark, black and white. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes. Awesome. And now we have the space force. Thank you, Mr. Trump. (laughs) Oh my. Probably a Trekkie. So we're going to die. <laughs> yes, we could digress to that in another time. No politics till we could talk also about <laughs> events, but we're not going to talk politics that way, Dave. Okay. No, but we, but we can talk about Steve Carell's Space Force show yeah. on Netflix. That's okay. <laughs> so so you're a sci-fi guy through and yeah. through. Do you ever wish you could get do be on Star Wars at one point? Oh yeah. Cameo oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Like for me, Tell your agent. My, my big issue was always like, where are, where are all the damn Asians on Star Wars? Where are they? I mean, they've, they've literally appropriated so many things from Asian culture. If you look at the Jedis, I mean, what they wear is very Asian-like. The lightsaber is very much like a samurai sword. So there's so much Asian-ness that George Lucas utilized in Star Wars. But I, and I complained about this to the guy that played Boba Fett. I was at a convention. He was sitting next to me. And so the next day he shows up, he goes, Garrett, I have a photo for you to look at. And I'm like, oh, really? And he pulls out this photograph and it's Boba Fett in the foreground, but an Asian guy in the background, like an extra with a bandana on. He goes, there's an Asian. And I go, oh, thank you for showing me the background guy. They made other aliens look Asian, but not Asians. Correct. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I'm trying to think of the group, which is, but I'll go to another question. Go ahead. Yeah, that's right. So, Garrett, you know, they say that uh, once you're stereotyped in Hollywood, that's it, it's over for you. Are you going to play anything except uh, sci fi roles? (laughs) Oh, man. I I hope to God that I. And would you mind if that's all that you ever did? No, it doesn't doesn't bother me if that's the rest of my. Comedy, drama, you know. Yeah, I. I, Soap opera. (laughs) my, My true love is comedy. 
more so than anything else. Much have you more done stand up? What have you done uh, with, that's besides Star Trek, which you have, and you're doing well? Too. Yes, Star Trek was my literally my 32nd audition. Um, I found out that I booked Star Trek while I was working on a sitcom called All American Girl on ABC. This was Margaret Cho, the comedian. Her one year, it only lasted one season, very short lived, but I played her boyfriend in the very first episode. And so I've had some sitcom, you know, experience in my life, but my growing up, I, I idolized uh, Rich Little. Rich Little, the master impersonator. Mm -hmm. I thought he was, mm -hmm. you know, the bee's knees. I thought, oh my gosh, if, I, if I could big. have a job like that, I'd be amazing. <laughs> um, but Saturday Night Live, you know, sketch comedy, anything like that, that that's really down my alley. But for some reason, Hollywood tends to compartmentalize and put people in boxes. So if you're a good looking, attractive guy, well, you got to play drama. You can't do comedy. If you're gonna do comedy, you've got to be funny looking to be. But in a lot of these guys get discovered doing stand up. Do you do stand up? I actually did stand up for the first time on the big Star Trek cruise that I went on. Uh, was it scary? Uh, it was scary. I was <laughs> nervous, but I, I, I literally, I brought the house down. So I'm wow. really, yeah. So you get discovered. Yeah, uh, you know, you have the video. I've, Somebody I've, took a I video, have, right? I, I, yes, I have. I have video posted on Instagram. I'm gonna, or whatever. I'm gonna compile that sucker together <laughs> and, and see what I can do with it. Exactly. Yeah. I did but four minutes of comedy. That was my, on my bucket list. Yeah. And I've, I'm very grateful I did that. Yeah. Millions and millions of listeners at one point in time because yeah. of Star Trek. So that's mm -hmm. the process of growing the podcast is yeah. the other brand things involving you as a brand. Because again, I'm sure as you talked about with the coronavirus, how yeah. tough it is to think about uh, when am I going to do another convention? Because yeah. how many conventions were you doing a year? Oh yeah, a lot of conventions. At, at the top, at the at <clears throat> absolute most I've ever done in one year was 25 in one year, which is huge. That's very difficult to do that many. But on average, I was probably doing about each year, mm, 10 or so. You know, right now, that Star Trek cruise I was talking about, that was the last in-person convention to happen before the, uh, mm. before the pandemic shut. I would have gone. Yeah. And Dave, just so you know, that set, you told me you did four minutes on stage, yeah. right? That was a 60-minute set that I had to do. Oh, my so. God. <laughs> One hour straight. Where did you get your material from? Oh, it was, it was a combination of, of stories that I had told in the past on, on stage at conventions combined with things that I had observed at the beginning of that cruise, funny things with other you just actors. memorized it all? Oh, I just, yeah, I just, it just, you know, it flowed pretty naturally. Awesome. It was fun. Yeah. Put it online. I'd love to see it. Okay. We'll do. No, definitely. And uh, are you, Garrett, are you in LA? I'm currently in Calgary right now. My, uh, my significant other lives up here in Calgary. So um, the border is still closed between the US and Canada, ex unless you're an essential worker. We'll open after the election. Family member. Yeah, you, I, we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, but typically, no, no. yes, Neil. No, it's good. no, you go, Gary. Oh, I was going to say, but typically I live in Las Vegas. So I, I left yeah. LA to get away from the craziness. So I took a break from Hollywood for about 15 years. So I oh, just recently you. started getting back into it. So, so you want to play other stuff then? Oh, yeah. Love to. Love to. Um, comedy, of course, being at the tip top. But I would love to do something other than sci-fi if, if given the opportunity, for sure.
You have to create your own stuff. It sounds like yeah. that sounds like about the way I'm going to go. Yeah. If you and did 60 no minutes, you'll have no problem creating your own. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Dave. And you brought, and you brought the house down, right? <laughs> it, it, they were, well, let's put it this way. I did two shows. One was Thursday night. One was Saturday night. Thursday night was sort of my, my test run. And then Saturday, when it, when that went well, I mean, that went super well. Um, I then invited all the other actors that were on that cruise and there's probably 20 of them to come watch me yeah. and i remember nana visitor from deep space nine i came off stage and she said she goes my friend you have found your second calling <laughs> is all she said and i was like thank you thank you my dear so, you so are you friends with all of the uh previous star trek people like captain kirk i mean do you hang out with him uh, i know he's old yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't hang out with shatner but i i, I am friends with all of the i mean they all know me i know i mean them. they respect you guys right yeah. they don't look down well, on you no dave it's a well i don't know if they it, <laughs> no there's no looking down there's definitely because you're the think, younger new improved yeah, version they, of them sure i mean each the depending on when your show came out, there is this feeling of, that in the hierarchy of family that they are a little bit more important. <laughs> yeah. So Shatner probably thinks he's at the very top. He's of the course. patriarch. And then he can next do, gen he can guy, do yeah, he can commercial. do whatever he wants. Yeah. He can. <laughs> Make it crazy. Guy, with all the, everyone all together. What's have, that? Have all the different shows in one movie. Yeah. That would be yeah. super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Your imagination will keep you from uh, making the next best hit. You know? Yeah. 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 What it's, is the next one? The next what? The next. The next. Trek? The next thing, yeah. The next. The next Star Trek. Oh my God! Well, like I said, they're they're working on a Captain Pike show. So you know, Pike was one of the original captains from the original series. So yeah. that's probably the new. And a lot of these remakes, you know, aren't necessarily successful, but not so with Star Trek. I think each one kind of outdoes the last one, which is really hard to believe, but it, it right. happens, right? Right. There hasn't it, been a dud yet, right? No. Dave and Neil, have you guys watched the Orville, Seth MacFarlane's uh, show? No. Have you no. seen that? Okay. So the Orville really, I, it's, it is his homage to Star Trek. He's a huge Star Trek fan. And I know that with Fox, that when he first, you know, pitched this idea to them, I think he probably said to them, it's family guy meets Star <laughs> Trek, you know, family guy and Star Trek. So a comedic Star Trek. But if you watch the show, season one, episode one, yes, there's some funny business going on there, but every episode after gets less funny and more Star Trek. And so now if you watch <laughs> it, it's third season, it's like watching an episode of Next Generation. <laughs> Voyager. It's like, hey, they okay. just can't help themselves. Yeah. All right. No, now, no. Talk about the event on Wednesday. Yeah. Now you you're part of that panel and talk. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. That event uh, talking about race and and Star Trek and race oh. and, and science fiction basically. Um, uh, it's along with uh, Tim Russ who played the the Vulcan on our show. Who Tim is African American as well as Peter Macon, who is an African American gentleman who plays an alien on The Orville, the show that I was talking about to you, Seth MacFarlane's show. So the three of us, originally it was the two of them and then someone called me up and said, hey, we'd love to have you join along and have a little bit of a different perspective of a person of color um, that isn't African American. So I'm very much looking forward to being part of this panel on Wednesday. Interesting. Awesome. Yeah, so it's a, it's a pro, it's an interesting thing to have that conversation, especially mm -hmm. what you've dealt with in acting as well. Because remember you said, think about the no Asians in Star Wars, right? So there's yeah. places where Asians were portrayed in different characters. Yeah. I think that's coming around now with different. Yeah. You know, it's for me, for, I've always felt that it's been one step forward, two steps back. Like as soon as we, we have some breakthrough and then it, then it's, it, it goes backwards a bit, you know? I mean, if you look at 1966, 
Star Trek, you do have George Decay, right? You have Sulu there. So Sulu exists. And Sulu's great because he doesn't speak with an accent, right? He's speaking just like everybody else. It's wonderful. That's, that's 1966, and that's a long time ago. And it's very, very groundbreaking to have that character. But in between 66 and now, there have been plenty of horrible, horribly stereotyped Asian characters that you get to see. And there's been, there's been people uh, that were not Asian playing Asian. Um, for instance, do you guys remember, uh, I think they did a movie, Charlie Chan and Curse the Dragon Queen, or, you know, <laughs> whatever it was. And it was, uh, again, another, it was not an Asian actor playing Charlie Chan. And to this day, I don't think there's ever been an Asian actor that's played Charlie Chan. And, it, and, uh, and maybe that should be my project. Maybe I should be the new Charlie Chan, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, sure. You look like Charlie Chan. I, I could, right. right. <laughs> Put a little makeup and stuff. A little makeup. So I wanted to ask about the, uh, the phenomenon of... Um, of Vulcans and um, Spock that has taken on in each episode, right? In each series. Yeah. yeah. They never there's, get rid of the Vulcans. They never get rid of Spock. No. There's or a descendant of Spock or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, what's great about Star Trek is that <clears throat> before 1966 Star Trek debuted, most of the sci-fi that you saw on television was always us against them. Right. So all the aliens are always bad and the humans are always great. And when you watch those, you know, those black and white sci-fi projects from back in the day, that's always been the case. And with Gene Roddenberry, he said, you know what, now we're going to make an alien part of the crew. So I think that's what endears Spock to all the, the, the audiences and all the people that watch science fiction is that here is somebody who is super, super, um, uh, different from everyone else, from the humans. He's so logical. He's so Vulcan. And, yeah. and that has truly been a, a ongoing theme. Vulcans are in almost, uh, not almost, every single Star Trek incarnation, there is a Vulcan. And all of those good-looking, scantily clad babes are always there as well. <laughs> yeah, they're... <laughs> And that was something yeah. in the '60s, you know. Yeah, that was that was probably a big deal, wasn't it? To see that much skin for you. you know who for the you guys. Uh, who the clothes designer, costume designer was for that? Yeah, I could just see they they bring that up to Gene. Gene's like, no, nope, too much material. Cut, put put more holes in there. Cut more holes right there. Yep, there you go. Well, as a 13 year old, I uh, certainly enjoyed it a lot. Did you put your stamp of approval? Absolutely. So Dave has a question, and it's involving caregiving. Go ahead with the caregiving question, Dave. Okay. Yeah, you know, we're all getting older. Uh, I'm not as young as I look, but uh, 20, 24 years ago, my wife had a stroke, lost her speech, became paralyzed on one side, and I became her caregiver. Next thing you know, you know, we're going through this grief process. We almost broke up. It was awful. She was angry all the time. Yeah. But she eventually, you know, reinvented herself and had reignited her faith in God. And, mm. and I started realizing there are other caregivers out there. And if they just don't make all the mistakes I made that maybe I can help them because 30% of them actually die before their loved ones do. So I wrote wow. this book. It's my life too. thrive and stay alive as a caregiver. I started caregiverdave.com, which is a support group for caregivers. And so I, I believe that now's the time to learn how to become a caregiver. Not like me where, you know, uh, you're like scratching your head and say, what, what is a caregiver and what am I supposed to do? Right. You know? Um, so I, I ask you and people like you uh, all over the country when I speak, um, what uh, is there caregiving in your life? How has caregiving touched your life? That's what I was trying to wow. Um, yeah, for me personally, <laughs> not so. Yeah, not so much because you know my my parents are still able-bodied. They get around. Um, although 
you know, whether or not my dad should be driving is another question. (laughs) (laughs) My kids say that about me. Wait a minute. (laughs) I told my dad, I said, I got to get back and doing another (laughs) show so I can hire a driver for you because you cannot drive on your own, sir. How old is he? Uh, he's 70, he's like oh. wait, 75, 76. So he's, well, you're very um, fortunate at that age. You know, most 75 year olds are mm. not doing very well. Yeah. yeah. So God so, bless him. Yeah. So there's still, but I'm sure you worry about it in the back of your yeah, mind. I, I, you know, I do one worry fall and boom, that's it. You know, I do worry about that. Um, yeah. So in terms of me having my own personal, you know, uh, interaction or, or experience as a caregiver, I have not personally had to do that as of yet. Um, but when you talk about that, what does come to my mind is I remember there was a gentleman, um, and I'm blanking. I think his book is called saved by the light. Um, this gentleman during the Vietnam War was a special forces assassin, actually. So his job was literally to take out um, high ranking people in the, the Viet Cong, you know, and I'm talking about literally just half a mile away. Rainbow. They don't even know what hit, not yet, literally don't, they don't even know what hit him. They're sitting there eating breakfast <laughs> right through the head, right? So that's, and he was from, uh, he was raised in South Carolina, raised as um, a very close-minded individual, so definitely um, very xenophobic, very, uh, um, very racist, very racist. And he was hit by lightning, uh, and that changed his life. I mean, God, just, what are the odds of getting hit by lightning? Yeah, I mean, hit so Sooner hard. Win that, the lottery. Hit so hard that he got knocked out of his shoes, and his shoes, the the metal, that the nails in the heel fused with the nails in the baseboard of the wood floor, basically, and so he got blown out. Oh and God. not only did he get struck once, but he got struck two times. Like who gets struck twice by lightning? The second time he got hit by lightning. <laughs> He then he then developed the 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 gift of prophecy, like he could see oh things in the future. It's it's really kind of it's crazy, and he's a huge Star Trek fan. So he came by, um, and he he visited our set while we were filming, and he just told he told everybody that even though he almost died, the lightning saved his life as a person, as a human being. Um, because like I told you, the second time he got the gift of prophecy, the first time he got to relive what every single person that he shot had to do, go through, if that makes mm. any sense. Like the, the, the moment yeah. of death of each person he shot, he oh lived their deaths. There was a movie with John Travolta, something lightning or something struck him and he had these supernatural abilities turn out to yeah. just be a, a tumor growing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so he, he also, after being struck by lightning, decided to start a, a hospice where he cared for wow. who, were, who were, yes, who were terminally ill and he would just sit there with them. That's until called redemption, my friend. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, if you take that many lives, and if you're if you if you're the United States of America's number one secret assassin, you know you've have so many people that you've ended their lifetime. You know, then you have to sort of make up for exactly. it somehow, right? Yeah. That's a great caregiving story, Dave. You'll mm-hmm. have to share it in your book when you're going to be yeah. having all these celebrities of their caregiving experiences or stories. Now, Garrett. The last thing is everyone needs to know it's Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, right? For the panel. Yeah, I think, so. I think it's actually, yeah, seven to it starts at seven, it ends at nine. So 7 p.m. Eastern, I think, is Eastern. the actual time. Yeah. My Twitter, everything's on my, I, I just made a tweet about it. Um, you can reach, you can find me at, at Garrett R W A N G. It's G A R R E T T R for my middle initial W A N G is my Twitter and my Instagram. Um, and I'm definitely looking forward to it. 
And also, last thing, uh, podcast. You can check this out, iTunes and everywhere. You're- yeah, it's everywhere. It's called The Delta Flyers, not to be mistaken with Delta Flyer Singular, which is also a podcast, but it's done by a couple of fans reviewing our episodes. So The Delta Flyers. is. Right. Are you getting good reviews? <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting some really, really great reviews. We're excited. Yeah, 100,000 downloads, that's good. For, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's, pretty yeah, good. that's good. We've got to figure out to monetize it right so he could just keep yeah. staying at home, doing podcasting and talking to people. There you go. Until the... Until we get back to events, which I'm sure you're wanting and everyone wants. So. Exactly, exactly. And congratulations, Neil, on over 6,000 shows, buddy. That's great. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. So when you get to 6,000, which I don't know, I interview seven, eight people a week, nine people a week. That's why I get the opportunity. It's so great to learn from people like you. And I think I'm going to binge watch Voyager. Now, I got two friends on Voyager. I talked to Russ. Russ was on, Tim Russ was on it. And you. Oh, now, great. I have to go ahead. And yeah. And that's my on my list till uh, to binge watch, binge watch after I've been to watch the new Netflix Cobra Kai. Gotta have to watch that. Did you see they they moved it Wait, to oh. YouTube? It, Cobra Kai was moved from YouTube to Netflix. And it, you're kidding me? Did, because I never got to I, watch it on YouTube Red, but I want to see the show. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I watched a little bit of it on YouTube Red. Um, yes, I, yeah, Netflix I, on the twenty eighth. I go. Oh, Again, I'm yeah. trying to get a hook up to start an interview Netflix stars. I've done it well, tours before, but I'm trying to work that through. I'll tell you right now, the the um, the guy that uh, from the original Karate Kid that plays the bad guy, Johnny, right? Yeah. So Will, William Zabka, Billy Zabka is his yeah. name. Yeah. He is such the nicest guy in real life. It's so crazy. It's like every, it's true. Almost every person that plays a jerk on film or TV in real life, you're like, really? How could you even, where did you pull that out of? Like, where Eric Roberts, asshole? We just interviewed Eric a couple weeks ago. Eric yeah, dark side. Yeah. Unbelievably so nice, Eric. Yeah, was he? One okay. of the most vicious villains, Eric Roberts. And yeah. And then you're like, yeah. wow. Yeah. yeah, it's like, where it's are they pulling that from? Yeah, the dark side. <laughs> great, great acting, that's for sure. Well, I appreciate sure. you stopping by, Garrett. Thanks yeah. for taking your time. And again, uh, take care, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks guys, Dave. that was Caregivers of the Apes Celebrity segment here on the Neil Haley Show. Take care. Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K-12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensex Enterprise Level Video Management Software, Perspective EMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit Lensec.com. And now back to the show. Celebrity Slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. 
spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download, free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download celebrity slots today. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.